Listeners, hello and welcome back to Maya, my yoga audio. My name is Megan and I'm your host. I'm excited to bring you another special episode today. It's a it's a bit of a mini episode and it was triggered by me doing some research into some older articles that I had written. And I'd been told by a few listeners that they wanted to hear more of the things that I had to say rather than read a blog post. Um, they just admitted that that was something that they weren't going to be um, interested in doing, but that they'd like to hear it as um, an audio recording. So I decided to go back to an article I wrote in 2018. And I was delighted to find that there was a comment there from somebody who read the article and gave me one of the hugest compliments of my life, a total stranger to me. And I'll share that comment with you at the end. So this one's called How to Be Happy Living on $20 a Week, Three Approaches That Prove You Don't Have to Be Wealthy to Be Happy. And this was published on Thrive Global. Um, back in 2018. And I'll provide a link to the actual article in the show notes. So if you want to go read it on their website instead of listen, or in addition to listening, you can. And the start of the article that I wrote uh, shows a picture of a woman who kind of looks like me, but it's not me. It's a stock record, a stock photo of a woman, and she's standing underneath a tree and she's smiling and just really happy in nature. The happiest season of my life was the summer after my second year of college. I was determined to stay in my apartment with my roommates. I didn't want to return to the small town I'd grown up in only to search yet again, unsuccessfully for a full-time job. And frankly, I didn't want the strict rules of our household applied to me any longer, if I'm being totally honest. Since I'd been living on my own for a couple of years, taking my newfound freedom away from me was just not an option. My parents had made it clear. If I stayed in my college town for the summer, I was financially on my own. But I had known this was coming before I even told them. I was fortunate to have a scholarship for my tuition, but my parents were helping me quite a bit with my living expenses, and that would stop if I didn't come home. And the photo that's included here is actually an illustration, and it says, the risk I took was calculated, but man, am I bad at math. So, the plan. Of course I had a plan. I already had a part-time job that would turn closer to full-time once all the other students left for the summer. My boss assured me a minimum of 25 or 30 hours a week. My portion of the rent was $350 a month. A bus pass was $89 a month. My portion of the joint cable and phone bill was an additional $20 a month. I was earning between five and $600 a month at my hourly job at the campus pharmacy store and games room. This left me 20 to $35 a week for food, entertainment, and personal items. I had a credit card, but even at the age of 19, I was determined not to use it unless there was an absolute emergency. The next photo here is a bunch of rolled up um, American bills of various denominations. So what I learned, number one, the first time my roommates and I went shopping together, we discovered I wanted to spend my money on bread, eggs, fruits, vegetables, and peanut butter. Another roommate wanted meat, pasta, sauces and condiments, and strangely, lettuce. 
The third roommate had an expensive palate and an expansive budget. We shared our food and even made a dishwashing schedule. Perfect, right? But after less than a month, we were failing miserably. It turns out no one likes to do dishes unless you need the dish that's dirty. And none of us could agree on how our money should be spent together. So we switched it all up again and decided to buy our own food. Sometimes that meant two jars of peanut butter, 24 eggs, and a huge bag of carrots. And other times it meant someone bought buns and someone bought cheese and someone bought vegetables and a magical meal of personal pizza rounds that we all loved would spontaneously come together. The lesson, learn how to get creative with what you've got. So number two, since my finances were finite, there really was no way to not meet my budget. I made paying my rent the first priority and every other obligation came after that. Food and entertainment literally came last. I had to decide whether that spending would be making decent food or going out. On some really lean months, I couldn't even afford the bus pass, so I walked. I walked an hour and a half to work each way, and I loved it, actually. This definitively is not me complaining about when I was your age, I had to walk story. A friend even loaned me a bike, which I rode for a while until it was unfortunately stolen. And I enjoyed my long and meditative walks and got to know some of the people along my route. There was one woman who did Tai Chi on her lawn, and she would smile at me sometimes as she shifted her positions when I was walking by. I saw more sunrises and sunsets in that one summer than I had in my entire life. I watched the spring turn to summer and the summer turn to fall as I walked. There are countless subtle things to notice and appreciate when you don't drive. Lesson, get outside and walk more. There's so much to see and experience. Number three, that summer, I had also just begun dating a serious boyfriend, hint, now my husband, who, and he lived a six hour drive away for that summer because of the job that he got. And so that was a bummer, right? I wanted to visit him quite badly, but a bus ticket was $52.50, a luxury I could absolutely not make room for. One early morning later in the summer, when I could afford to take the bus again, I was sitting in the bus shelter waiting for the first bus of the day. It came at 6.02 a.m. The streets were quiet. No one else was around, no cars, no other people, but the sun was coming up and I watched it bright and warm. The wind rustled and I could hear leaves and other debris swishing up the street. I looked down and I saw a pinkish red flash of paper go rolling by that kind of looked like money. I'm actually Canadian and this happened in Canada. So yes, Canadian currency is different in that it is brightly colored. I stepped out of the shelter and reached down for it. And it was indeed $50. I looked left, I looked right, but still no one was around. Was it mine to keep? I pondered it. And when I told my roommates and boyfriend later, they thought I would be crazy to not keep it. What would I do with it? It was meant to be. I deserved it. So that night, after getting off work, I bought my bus ticket. The lesson, when unexpected gifts fall right into your lap, embrace and embody genuine gratitude, then make good use of the opportunity it provides for you. 
And there's a photo here I included of a rainbow on a wall in an art gallery and a woman is taking a picture, literally standing underneath the rainbow. 20 years later. So I ended up marrying that serious boyfriend and two kids, two cars and a mortgage later, I'm fortunate to no longer have to live on $20 a week. But recently, in an effort to track and control our spending, which seems to spiral out of control with all the things, something occurred to me. What if I put that $20 limit back into my budget? So I did. And every week, I take out $20 cash. If I want to buy a latte, fine. I buy that $5 latte. But that leaves me $15, so I don't buy one every day. Same goes for eating out. I've been taking my lunch to work for as long as I can remember, but sometimes when you get in the habit of buying it, it's hard to stop. So I still eat out sometimes, but if it costs $10 or $15, well, you get the picture. Some weeks I get super on top of things and don't spend anything, and $40 the next week means I might buy a pair of jeans or new earrings. And you know what? I get so excited by what that little or not so little treat might turn out to be. I made it to $60 once. I can't even tell you how liberating that felt. I also go for more walks on my lunch break, in my neighborhood, and in unfamiliar places on weekends. And what about when the grocery budget's been stretched? Well, we get creative with what we've got. Realistically, there's always some kind of food in our house now. What magic will we make with that ingredient? Lastly, I'm noticing all the little things that are not things at all. These are the biggest gifts ever. The $50 bill rolling by at the bus stop isn't the only kind of gift that counts. There can be moments or conversations that you never saw coming. Like the time one of my daughters tearfully said that she'd never seen me more beautiful than when I taught yoga. Or when my other daughter expressed relief that she could talk to me about anything that she considers me her best friend and wished I could come to school with her to hang out at lunch sometimes. Or how about when your spouse wakes up before dawn, even though he doesn't have to be up for another hour to make you a latte so that you can go and teach yoga with some clarity in your brain. To me, these are not little things. And believe me when I say that we are far from a perfect family of individuals, but there lies within them a recognition of these gorgeous, delicate, and profound moments as true gifts that don't cost anything at all, monetarily speaking. Getting the chance to notice, experience, and reciprocate in this way of living and loving is accessible to all of us at any time, and it's priceless. Originally published on January 30th, 2018. And so the comment was left by someone named Theo Edwards two years ago. So that would have been approximately in 2020. And he says, I am surprised that literally no one has written a comment on this beautifully written article. I enjoyed every bit of it. It felt like I was there living through each experience with you. I was just looking for steps on how to live off of $20 a week. And I end up running into this gem. I am blessed. Megan Morgan, you are an absolutely fantastic, wonderful, and one hell of a writer. And I hope you believe that about yourself already. Thank you. I didn't just learn how to be more resilient, 
but I learned how so much more of a story can be drawn out of what is seemingly a singular experience, except it's not. This experience of your own begs for others to join in on the significant life-teaching and world-changing lessons that we can all take a piece of. I hope you enjoyed this little mini episode today. There's more coming your way. I'll be doing more interviews and turning more writings into these posts that you can listen to when you have a moment or two to connect. So in the meantime, thanks listeners for joining me at My Yoga Audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan. Keep up with us on Instagram at my.yoga.audio and on the website at myyogaaudio.com.